Okay, everybody. I have something really cool to tell you about. If you haven't heard yet about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain here. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will uh, distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one single place. Now, the way that you can do this is you got to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. And then you can get started. It's really fun. We just switched over recently here at All Too Real 2, and I'm enjoying it so far. So be sure to check it out and uh, let us know what you think. episode of All Too Real 2. My name is Michael E. Cullen II, and with me via phone today is my co-host, Matthew, uh, Matthew Haas. Yeah, Matthew, Matthew Haas slash um, <clears throat> um, Killer Frost slash Elongated Man from Earth 70. Nine and a half. I'm from Earth 77 <laughs> myself. Because that's the year I was born. But, um, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, today, this is going to be part of our Crisis on Infinite Films series, but we are actually covering Crisis on Infinite Earths from the CW's DC television series. 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 Series is. <laughs> series is. Yes. So, um, this was like the biggest crossover in television history. Dun, dun, oh, wow. Dun. Was it? Probably, yes. I'd say it was. Um, so, uh, back in December, remember that month, Matt? Yeah. That was a while ago. It was. There was the beginning of Crisis on Infinite Earth. <laughs> and uh, what they, uh, they had three episodes then, and then this past week they had uh, two episodes. So a total of five yeah. episodes. Yeah. That's a lot. A lot to take in. <clears throat> so in the uh, first three episodes, a lot happened. Basically, we had 
on Supergirl, all of a sudden, skies got red. Not red like when you read a book, but the color red. They were, yeah, you know, the the skies weren't being red like, yeah, a book or anything like that. It wasn't like Harry Potter or anything like that, no. And uh, what we had happen was uh, many Earths in the multiverse were destroyed. Um, we did see some, uh, nice cameos at the beginning of the first episode there. We saw Robert Wolf's character from Batman 89. So that connected Michael Keaton's Batman and, and therefore Val Kilmer's Batman and, uh, George Clooney's Batman who are technically all the same Batman. Yeah. Um to the DC TV series. Serieses. That's fun to say, serieses. Series, I think it's the series with the apostrophe after the S. I know. That's how, that's how, I don't know how you I don't know if that's how you say it though. I never yeah, serieses. So what else was um connected uh old um Robin, right? Yeah, from Batman 66. Okay. So we had two Batman Earths connected to our Earths here. Um, We also had... uh, I don't know, a few other uh, Earths connected. We had some uh, stuff from, like, uh, Titans. And... uh, some other, some other, you know, there's a bunch, like, basically now, every single DC property in live action is now connected to these shows. Pretty much. Yes. Like, like even um, Lucifer, which I just started watching because of this crossover, because I liked his character so much just from, like, the, the 45 scene. second. Yeah. Like a forty-five second interaction, I'm like, I like this guy. He's he's got an interesting charm to it. I think I'll start watching the show Lucifer, and then um, I didn't realize at the time though that 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 show now is technically part of the Arrowverse because of well, I'm getting ahead of myself, but but yeah. <laughs> so um, basically, here's what happened in the show. As the crisis begins, the uh, antimatter wave destroys countless parallel universes. Meanwhile, on Earth 38, Brainy detects the antimatter wave approaching Argo City, prompting Cara Danvers to warn her mother, Alora Zorel, her cousin Clark Kent, and his wife Lois Lane. Um, Clark and uh, Lois narrowly send narrowly uh, escape um, send their son Jonathan off into an escape pod, just as the wave wipes out Argo and Alora, and we assume at this point Lois and Clark both die. But um, Harbinger 
who is Lila, is now Harbinger. She collects mm-hmm. Oliver and Mia from Lian Yu, Barry from Central City, Kate Kane from Gotham, and Sarah Lance and Ray Palmer from Star City, and brings all of them to Earth 38. Um, while Harbinger also rescues the Kents from Argo, Alora unfortunately died. Um, as Harbinger briefs the gathered heroes, the threat of the anti-monitor, the the monitor raises a quantum tower to impede the antimatter wave, while the DEO and Lena Luther work to evacuate inhabitants of Earth thirty eight to Earth one. Dun dun dun. Mm-hmm. After learning, Scary. Uh, after learning Jonathan's pod landed in Earth sixteen, Lois, Sarah, and Brainy leave to get him, while the others stay behind to fend off the Anti Monitor's forces. In preparation for his death, Oliver passes the mantle of Green Arrow to Mia, his daughter. By the way. I mean, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen these shows, um, stop and go start, you know, <clears throat> season one of Arrow. And then catch yeah, because there's and so then, much. And then catch up to us in a couple of years, okay? Um, <laughs> yeah, it took, it took me an entire year to, um, <clears throat> well, no, over a year, I think, because I think, I think you had me watch the first episode of Arrow with you back in, like, October of 2018, and I just finally... Um, finished up. season seven. Yeah, I finally finished season seven like like a week before season eight started. Like I, I was yeah. really close to the fire, <laughs> <laughs> but okay. I was watching all the shows, not just Arrow. So, yeah. <clears throat> so um, so now um, what happens next is okay. Now when um. When uh, when Oliver learns that Barry is fated to die, however, he argues with the Monitor over the deal they made last year in the previous crossover, which mm-hmm. was that uh, basically the deal there was that um, Oliver was going to sacrifice himself to save Kara and Barry. Um, right. Yeah. <sighs> Oliver... Uh, Um, basically what happens next, okay, um, the heroes make their last stand, and, um, at the tower, defend off an army of shadow demons. Ooh. Yeah. They're basically like the, like those things in Harry Potter. Yeah, I was gonna say, they, they remind me of, of Dementors. Yeah, that's what and I don't know why they're talking about. Yeah, Dementor. I don't know why they're called Shadow Demons, because, like, why are they demons? Like, I thought it was just anti-man. Anyways, I got a song for that. Shadow Demons! Uh, whatever, I, I don't have a song, really, but whatever. That was good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was out of tune, but okay. <laughs> so, um... <clears throat> basically, um... 
So um, Oliver ends up uh, temporarily um, nullifying the Monitor's powers and stays behind to uh, ensure that the Exodus succeeds. It succeeds. Um, back on Earth-1, Lois's team uh, returns with Jonathan before the Monitor brings a dying Oliver to say goodbye. Um, and this was not how it was how he was supposed to die, according to the Monitor. So then Nash Wells shows up, and he's now Pariah. Um, he, he's a Pariah, which is his name now because he released the Anti Monitor, and appears to um, appears and announces that uh, events have changed and everything is doomed. Um, with Earth One Legends unavailable because they refuse to do crossovers. <laughs> Har- Harbinger travels to Earth seventy four to recruit um, that version of McRory, um, who is very similar to our McRory. Um, so the yeah, same personality. Yeah. <laughs> so the heroes can use the Wave Rider as their base of operations. In the wake of Oliver's death, which he uh, cannot undo because um, of the Anti-Monitor's growing power, the Monitor consults the Book of Destiny, which we were introduced to last year during the crossover, and uh, learns of the existence of seven paragons um, who could turn the tide. Four of them are Kara, the Paragon of Hope, Sarah, the Paragon of Destiny, the Paragon of Truth, another Superman who has suffered more than any mortal man, and the Paragon of Courage, who is described as the Bat of the Future. Hmm. Yeah. The Bat. I wonder what that means. Yeah. Clark, Clark, Lois, and Iris locate the second Superman on Earth-96 um, through... Uh, um, though Lex uses the Book of Destiny to uh, mind control Clark-96 until he is knocked out by Lois, um, Kate and Kara travel to Earth-99, where the latter fails to convince an elderly, crippled Bruce Wayne, played by Kevin Conroy, the voice of Bruce Wayne in the animated series, um, who, uh, he, in, on his Earth, he became a killer. Um, Bruce is, in turn, accidentally killed um, in a heated confrontation between Kate and Kara. Um, and, and him, obviously, yeah. Um, elsewhere on uh, Earth-18, Sarah, Barry, Mia, and John Constantine take Oliver's body to, the Lazar- to a Lazarus pit um, in an attempt to rescue him, but uh, accumulating... 
antimatter across the multiverse prevents them from bringing his soul back. Now back on the Wave Rider, <laughs> the Monitor tasks Ray with building a Paragon detector, you know, like you do. <laughs> easy stuff, easy work. Yeah. <laughs> which, which, which in turn identifies uh, Kate Kane as the true Paragon of Courage. Um, unbeknownst to everyone... Harbinger is secretly contacted by the Anti-Monitor. Um, then, with Cisco Ramon's help, Ray Palmer's Paragon Detector identifies Barry as the Paragon of Love and John Johns as the Paragon of Honor. Um, and... And uh, up until now, never seen character, Ivy Town scientist Ryan Choi as the paragon of humanity. Ooh. In the uh, in the comic books, um, Ryan Choi is the second Adam. Oh, okay. So yeah, he he becomes Adam after Ray Palmer in the comic books. So okay, yeah. Um. So then, um, Iris Ray, and then Ralph Dibney, aka Elongated Man, attempt to uh, recruit a reluctant Choi, who eventually compiles when Iris assures him that ordinary humans can be superheroes too. After the Monitor restores Cisco's powers, to his dismay as well. Barry and Caitlin Snow meet up with Pariah and the Anti-Monitor's chamber beneath Central City where they find an anti-matter cannon powered by Barry Allen, a.k.a. the Flash of Earth-90 played by John Wesley Shipp. When, uh... And, yeah, go and ahead. They are. What's that? I said, as, as he is wont to play the Flash, John Wesley Shipp, you know, basic, yeah. you know, standard stuff, which is, um, which he made his first appearance in um, Elseworlds crossover last year. Yeah, was his first appearance. <clears throat> um, the cannon goes critical, so uh, Pariah recruits uh, Jefferson, aka Black Lightning. Um, from the recently destroyed Earth-73. To, uh... To contain the energy. Which I thought was kind of weird. But anyways. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I hope we get to talk about that part. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, can go, we can go over a few things in here. Um... um our Barry then volunteers to destroy the cannon, which would result in uh, his prophesized death. However, Barry 90 stops him, claiming the monitor um, didn't specify which Flash would die in the crisis and takes uh, Barry's place. 
Meanwhile, Constantine, Mia, and Diggle visit Lucifer on Earth 666. Oh. <laughs> to, get it? Get it? Yep. <laughs> <clears throat> to help um, in entering purgatory and retrieve Oliver's soul. Before they can leave, Jim Corrigan appears so he can uh, bestow onto Oliver the Spectre's power. Um, I thought it was funny in that in that scene too because uh, there is a Jim Corrigan on uh, Lucifer, or no, on Constantine, the TV show. I mean, and uh, oh yeah, I mean on Constantine, and then Constantine says on there, you know. When the guy introduces himself as uh, Jim Corrigan, he says, "Not the one I know," or something like that. So, <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, um, probably because they couldn't get the other actor for some reason. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, so Corrigan. He uh, bestows onto Oliver the power of the specter. So Oliver uh, accepts and becomes the specter now, no longer the green arrow. Um, and uh, Constantine's team is uh, sent back to the Wave Rider without Oliver. While the heroes regroup, the Anti-Monitor sends a brainwashed Harbinger to kill the Monitor so he can absorb his power and finish destroying the multiverse. Before uh, the remaining heroes on Earth-1 are destroyed, Pariah sends the Paragons to the Vanishing Point to keep them safe, where they witness Lex replace Superman 96 with himself using a page from the Book of Destiny. Okay, so that's what happened before the break that we... Yeah. You got all that? Yes. So I was just doing that mainly to recap the audience that's listening, if they are still listening, if you're not bored by me reading a Wikipedia page. And, um... You can't put your own spit on it, so... Yeah. (laughs) And, um, also to catch both Matt and I up here so we know what, you know, we missed in the first three episodes. I mean, not missed, but, you know, may have forgotten. So, yeah. um, do you want to take a break now, Matt, and then we'll come back and talk about the uh, the last two episodes and sure. and any thoughts we have on the uh, previous episodes? Sure. Okay, we'll be right back. Hi, folks. This is Michael Lee Cullen II from the podcast that you're listening to right now, along with manager Matthew Haas. You got promoted? Yes. Damn it. Okay, anyways, um, folks, uh, do you like the show Superstore? I don't know. I asked the folks and nobody's answering well, me. Because they're not here. Oh, but we love damn it. it. Yeah, we love it, though. Okay, folks, if you like it as much as we do, you're really going to like the Super Story podcast, which is a podcast where Matthew and I go uh, episode by episode and give our little opinions and thoughts on it. Uh, sometimes we have guests. Sometimes we don't. Um, just depends on how we're feeling. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so if you like this podcast and like our little crazy banter... Then you should definitely check this out, or I might get sad, and when I get sad, it gets pretty sad. 
So yeah, I can't deal with him when he's sad. Yeah, no one can really. So um, yeah. So, so check out uh, Super Story Podcast right here where you get this podcast, Super Story Podcast. A respectable minister takes charge and leads head on. Minister Double Trike may be the foremost politician of textiles. As a minister, I have the utmost sensitivity to these situations, and if anyone's sensibilities were harmed, I would have sensed it. But his petty ambitions will almost certainly lead us to unknown danger. How dare you, sir? Unknown danger has its potential for profit. You can hear Minister Trike and his antics in the radio comedy Magus Elgar. Visit MagusElgar.com to download your copy today. And we are back. 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 Back in black. Back in black. It's dead. <laughs> I don't know the lyrics to that song. I don't either, and I don't want to. I know, but you hate ACDC. ACDC is like my least favorite band. Anyways, um, maybe not my least favorite, but they're they're up there. Anyways, uh, so 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 we're all caught up to what happened this previous week. Um, so um, when we get back, uh. We uh, start out with uh, we we figure out we find out what happened and what ended up creating the anti monitor. It was uh back um ten thousand years ago. A young Marnovu, aka the monitor, um, was experimenting with time travel to witness the birth of the universe, only to accidentally end up in the antimatter universe and reveal the multiverse's existence to the anti-monitor. So he somehow accidentally created him in a way. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> so then, um, in the month since the multiverse was destroyed, we, we're we back at the vanishing point, and the Paragons have struggled to survive. Um, and then we, uh, we see Oliver. Um, he uh, is with Jim Corgan and learns to become the Spectres, how to use the Spectres' powers and all that stuff. Also, when we're back in the before that, I'm sorry, I forgot. Um, Barry had disappeared because he was trying to go into the Speed Force, but was unable to. He comes back. It's been months for everybody else, but only seconds for him. Right. He's like, it's only been gone for two seconds, and they're like. Mm. No, I mean, there's no speed force to go into. The universe is dead. I mean, you know. Yeah, this is where things get a little confusing for me. But anyways, um. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a lot um, of <laughs> So, uh, then Oliver heads to the vanishing point, like you do. <laughs> you know, as Spectre with a weird modulated voice <laughs> changer thing. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, so, so, so he heads to the uh, to the vanishing point to help rescue the Paragons and uh, strengthen Barry's powers. Um. So basically, how he does that, he taps Barry on the head, and it's like, "Doop! You have powers now." Yeah, he's like. I've just unlocked your potential on like, by touching my head. <laughs> yeah, at least they brought it up, you know. Yeah, that was funny. It's like, I'm touching your head to do it because we probably ran out of uh, special effects in our budget. And, um, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, they, uh, Barry, um, with his, uh, Barry drops off uh, Kara, Choi, and Lex back in time on Maltus, the alien planet, to uh, basically, basically, uh, so so they can uh, try to stop Marnavu from creating the Anti Monitor or whatever. Mm-hmm. It was kind of <clears throat> contrived. Anyways, um... <laughs> yeah, it's different than the comic book, but maybe I'll say something about that later, but... <laughs> oh, you can say it now if you want to, too, because we're kind of just going through this, so, yeah. All right, well, just a short point, then. It, it just departs from the comic books. I mean, I, I haven't read all the comics. But I have read, you know, that story, and basically, um, it, it's not the monitor that, that does this in the comic books. It's a whole different character named... Um, Chrono, who was of the same planet that the um, Green Lantern people are from, like the Guardians of the, um, I think what they call the Guardians of the Universe or something like that. Yeah. Um, he he was of that race who who guard the Green Lantern, the the Green whatever the that ring or whatever. And um, this was like 13 billion years ago, though, when he did this, not 10,000 years ago. Again. I know I knew they're gonna change stuff up because that's what they do for TV and stuff. So I wasn't like I wasn't mad necessarily, but it was a little, a little bit different because because what that guy did was he accidentally created both the monitor and the anti monitor through his failed experiment. Whereas in this show, it makes it seem like the monitor already lived as just like a regular person, like not not as a cosmic being, and then he accidentally created the anti-monitor, whereas in the comic books, they're both cosmic beings, but it's whatever, you know. Yeah. But you got to change things for TV anyways. I mean, I think, you know. Yeah. So, um, so um, what we have next is uh, after uh, Barry drops those people off, um, Kara and Lex and uh, Ryan Choi, um, they... Uh, Basically, uh, okay, let me see what happens. Okay, uh, um, they, they try to convince Novu to not to go through with his plans. Um, so then we have a situation where Barry has to go through the speed force and retrieve the rest of the Paragons. Yeah. I was not understanding what this had to do with anything, but somehow... 
because the anti-monitor um, knew what he was doing, and then I guess he captured or got um, killed him with antimatter, and he was only able to get Kara, um, Ryan, and Lex to that planet, and then Oliver as Spectre was able to somehow put them into this. I don't get it either. <laughs> I, I did not understand this at all. And I've, I've watched the episode twice, and I still... Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I, I don't understand, because you'd think that if anyone's going to be able to manipulate Speed Force, it would be Barry, because he's the Flash. And I know the Spectre has magical powers, but magic is different than science, so whatever. Yeah. Uh, Okay, it's fine. But anyways, um, so he has to, like, go back and find these people in, like, these kind of, like, semi-important points in uh, in the history of our TV shows. Mm-hmm. And um, so while Barry's in the Speed Force, he runs into a very surprised – a very surprising guest that they kept mm-hmm. – under wraps really well and that is Barry Allen aka Ezra Miller from the DCEU yeah so that connects our modern movies to this area this era I mean yeah oh my god so so then typically Batman versus Superman is now part of yes the universe wow yeah, every, wow. basically, so basically the only thing the the only movies they didn't really connect are for some reason the Christopher Nolan Batman movies. Yeah, the, the good ones. Yeah, <laughs> that was me. No, I know, but they didn't. They didn't seem to connect. It's like they didn't connect those, and there's like a couple other ones, probably uh, a couple other. Th- I mean, they also didn't connect Gotham, the TV series, from what I can tell. Oh, okay, but and also. Yeah, you know, Aurelius Dumbledore. He, he also plays Aurelius Dumbledore in that awesome movie, The Crimes of Grindelwald. Don't forget that one, okay? Oh yeah. <laughs> but basically, it's it's really interesting too. People are. Uh, I listened to uh, a podcast the other day about uh, about Crisis, and um, in that uh, in that uh, episode, they were kind of complaining that there wasn't enough action in these things because they had to pay for. They they were complaining and trying to say that it was because they had to pay for Ezra Miller. Oh, which I then read an article right after that. It talked about how they got Ezra Miller. Um, basically, the uh, Warner Brothers called up uh, called up Mark Guggenheim, the the um, executive producer of the shows, and uh, mm. said said uh, they they had already shot everything. They had they had finished the episodes. They had the whole crisis filmed at that point, and they said, "Hey, is there any way you can fit Ezra Miller into your crisis?" And Mark's like, "Of course." And then, uh, but but he but he, which I think is really cool though. He says, "Let me talk to Grant first. So he went and talked to Grant Gustin and said, would you be offended if we had Ezra Miller in this? Which is pretty cool because he didn't want to, you know, step on the Flash's toes. Right. <laughs> Which you can't do because he's so fast. You can't really step on Right, him. exactly. Yeah, yeah anyways. Um, 
<laughs> you could try. Yeah. But so, so and, and Grant was all for it. He he thought it was a really cool idea, and uh, then he uh, then they they shot the scene. They 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 uh, they they snuck Ezra Miller up to Vancouver, and shot the scene and kept it very secret, and nobody knew. Not even the other actors in the show. <laughs> wow! Like the only person that really so, knew the only person that really knew was Grant, and the uh, and the crew that was available, you know, on set. Wow! Yeah. So. What was what was that supposed to be about, though? Because, like, I thought she was supposed to be, like, talking, like, you was supposed to be seeing, like, memories and stuff like that. So what, like, what was that supposed to convey, him meeting, like, a different version See, of himself? I got that, a little confused on that, but I think from what I've read <clears throat> is basically that was, like, he, he's, because he's out of, He's out of time, you know, so he's actually traveling in time when he's going into the Speed Force. Okay. And basically what ended up happening is Ezra's Flash kind of ended up in the Speed Force, too, and was kind of freaking out because he'd never been there before. Oh, okay. So that's why he was confused. And thing is, like, in the movies, he's never called the Flash. The coolest thing in that scene was is basically, I think... Our Barry gives that Barry his name. Oh, okay. Because he called, he's like, you're another Flash. And then he's like, Flash. <laughs> so. Okay. So I think. Yeah, that's I got that because. I, what I he think. Just, yeah, he just. Sorry, go ahead. What this gives me hope for, and I think it would be really cool, is if they do make that Flash movie, Flashpoint, that they're trying to make with uh, Ezra Miller. It'd be really cool if they had this scene in that movie. Yeah. Like, he ends up in the Speed Force and fucks up, you know, and does the Flashpoint. But while he's in there, he ends up running into Grant Gustin. <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty cool. That'd be pretty cool. I really hope that that happens. Um, and then I won't be as pissed about the fact that they're, that Grant's not the Flash in the movies. <laughs> Because I think Grant is the best Flash there's ever been. I mean, John Wesley's ship was good, but, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, I agree. He very, I mean, sorry, Bob, I'm just calling him Barry. That's how, he just, personality-wise, that's what I always envision the Flash would act like. I kind of like how, like, um, John Cryer plays, like, the perfect Lex Luthor. Like, he's, yeah. he's not, like, a bumbling buffoon. Like, he is funny and sarcastic, but there's an edge to him. Like, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I, I do, I do agree that you know, um, John is the best uh, Lex I think we've ever had. Um, yeah, I mean, some people will say Michael Rosenbaum on Smallville, but I haven't really watched a lot of Smallville, so I can't really talk to that. I mean, I, I've watched some, and I thought he was good on there, but, and I, I love Michael Rosenbaum as a person. His, his, uh inside of you podcast is like awesome so if you haven't listened to that check it out cool yeah the episode with rain wilson was really cool anyways um so uh (laughs) just a little bit you know aside so anyway so 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 we got to see ezra miller that was cool but then uh basically what ends up happening then is uh barry goes through and he ends up picking up uh the rest of the paragons like you do 
like you know, there's a lot of MacGuffins, a lot of MacGuffins in this whole, yeah. um, like not just the crisis, but even, even like the, the buildup, because like from the beginnings of season eight of Arrow and season six of Flash, it's building up into a lot of MacGuffins, like, like Oliver has to go to like Earth two to get like a dwarf star thing. I mean, it's a lot of like, yeah, stuff like that. <clears throat> Very true. A lot of MacGuffins and things, you know, things that just don't make. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, some of it doesn't make sense. But, I mean, I, uh, I, I still, we, lo- I, I still love these shows and I'm entertained by them. But sometimes you're just like, that's kind of contrived. <laughs> Anyways, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there is some things like that. <laughs> so, uh. Anyways, um. The, the the paragons end up uh, w- once Barry retrieves everyone. Um, basically, they end up uh, they end up um, realizing that they can uh, destroy the anti monitor, <laughs> um, or they try to. Uh, <laughs> But they basically, because they realize that uh, they can't stop the anti-monitor from being created. Because regardless, he's going to be created in some universe in the multiverse. Right. I mean, there's literally infinite. So yeah. you, all you got to do is find one um, Marnavu who's going to go through with the experiment. I mean, it's not hard. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you can't stop them all. And uh, right. so the Paragons uh, battle the Anti-Monitor and his Shadow Demons. The Anti-Monitor and his Shadow Demons. I'm going to create a band called that. Anyways. Yeah, this, uh, that's a great name. The Anti-Monitor and the Shadow Demons. That's a great band name. <laughs> <clears throat> we'll just, just play songs about DC properties yeah <laughs> every every song's about a different character like a song about fire star about uh you know. and um so uh then um oliver uses his specter powers <laughs> uh to restore the multiverse um with the Paragons providing additional assistance via Lex Books of Destiny, and they all kind of just stare off like the Care Bears. <laughs> I'm stealing yeah, that from somebody I heard that from, but it's like a Care Bear stare right there. Like they're all like, hmm, we've got these Paragon powers. We're going to combine and, you know, become like a Megazord. And, you know, I don't know. It's just like, um, but. <laughs> Yeah. It's like just weird. But anyways, um the uh they also have a assistance via Lex's Book of Destiny page. As a result, however, um Oliver dies a second and final time in in Barry's yeah. in Barry's arms like you do. Oh uh, anyways <laughs> I know. <That's> yeah. Sad. <laughs> it, it I mean it was cool and all, but I mean, it was kind of, I don't know, kind of a anticlimactic death because he had already died once before. Right. And it was, I mean, even that one was kind of 
and so, well, I mean that that was straight from the comic books. But that the first one, I mean, that was yeah. I mean, he was fighting the shadow demons, which again is kind of like one of those things where it's like, yeah, it, sometimes it sucks, but then it's also like, well, sometimes you know, even degree of zero does die in, a, in an anticlimactic fashion where you're just fighting off, you know, somebody's goons as opposed to like the the big main bad guy or whatever. <clears throat> yeah, it's just I don't know. It, it was cool though. I mean, um so then they uh so then everybody wakes up in a newly recreated universe. Uh the paragons discover they are the only ones to remember the crisis and um in this process earth 1 which is a uh, Barry and Oliver's earth and everything um earth 38 38 which is a uh, supergirl's earth and um earth 73 which was uh which was um black lightning's earth are all merged into one composite uh um earth designated as earth prime yeah um among the other changes throughout the multiverse um well uh see see they, they're the only ones who remember the paragons are so uh mm-hmm. john uses his uh uh psionic powers to uh bring their um allies up to speed so he basically he basically does a little uh Oliver like touch on the head and basically can uh <laughs> instead instead he touches him on the temple, not the forehead. Yeah, That's different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh so then they uh they all are caught up to speed and know what's going on. And uh they discover that the anti monitor is still alive. And uh plotting to renew his uh, destruction of the multiverse. Uh, this was after, actually, first off, we had a little Bebo situation. You remember the Bebo situation? What's that? I didn't hear what you said. Uh, we, we, we had a Bebo situation? Oh, yeah, it's like Bebo... Giant Bebo returned. <laughs> if yeah. you don't remember, and at season three of Legends of Tomorrow, they um, Bebo plays a pretty big role in that entire series. <laughs> I mean, that entire season. And at the end of that season, because they're doing the DC version of the Infinity Gauntlet by having totems, which was similar but not the same. But basically, you had to get all six totems to work together to create something powerful enough to defeat. Lawless or Malice, as he corrected people, Time Demon, who was creating time anachronisms in order to basically just damage time to the point that he could escape his time prison. Yeah, these shows are crazy. <laughs> so, and then they they eventually um, turned into a giant Bebo. To, Bebo is like a toy, like a fake, like a their version of like uh, Elmo or something like that. Yeah, it's it's, it's kind of like um, it's kind of like. It's kind of like Elmo meets uh, Teddy Ruxpin meets uh, yeah. meets Furby. Um. <laughs> it's like this cute little blue yeah. toy, and they, they defeat Malice with that. But then, yeah, someone is using um, Bebo to terrorize, um, I think it's Central City. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Anyways. Anyways. Uh, yeah. So, so, some magician guy is using Bebo in this one. Tried to, you know, destroy it. So they all try to figure out what's up, and then they they destroy Bebo. Um, <laughs> which was kind of funny and fun. Um, yeah. But uh, oh yeah, uh, the first part though. Uh, one thing I wanted to talk about before they uh, so, so uh, it was pretty cool when they realized that they were on the same Earth. Mm-hmm. When uh, um, Kara goes to see what's going on, and she uh, is fighting the Weather Witch, which is uh, mm-hmm. from, from Barry's Earth. Right. And then um, <laughs> Barry mm-hmm. walks up and he says, "Sorry, this is one of mine." Mm-hmm. And. Uh, which I thought was funny, and then they realize they're on the same Earth, and then this old guy comes up and talks. They 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 ask him about like have have we you know what's you know he basically says yeah there's a you, know, you, you guys always you know been together yeah and uh, cool thing about that that guy who played the old guy is Marv Wolfman mm. who is the writer of the comic book Crisis on Infinite Earths. <laughs> So, so, so they got a, you know, they got the uh, comic book writer to be a to do a cameo. That's awesome. Yeah. Um. Anyways, uh, so uh, certain things have changed on these Earths now. Um, they end up finding out that they can. Uh, they end up destroying the the uh, the anti monitor by using by shrinking them down. I'm not fully understanding how that worked, but it did. Well, it's like the Ant-Man type of thing, you know, the quantum realm. Oh, but, okay. but the way he described, well, the way um, Ryan Choi described, you know, the paragon of humanity, he said that he'd be shrinking for all eternity. Like, he's always getting smaller. Like, he never, so, like, it, it would get to the point that, like, it would even be beyond the quantum realm where Ant-Man's at because it just keeps shrinking and shrinking and shrinking until, like, be, I mean, that's got to be, like, terrifying. But you, but I, I wanted to say something. You forgot the, the, the really big thing so far. What what happens in the beginning of this episode when Kara is invited to go go to a press event? Oh, yeah, I was going to bring that up in a second here. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, so, so, uh, Kara's at this uh, press event for the Nobel Peace Prize, and uh, the person accepting the award is Lex Luthor. So that'll probably be uh, an interesting uh, story going through the rest of the season, or at least a couple episodes of uh, Supergirl. Mm -hmm. So now, in this world, Lex actually owns the DEO somehow. And has always been a good guy in everybody's eyes. So in Earth Prime, that's what happened. So, um, anyways, uh, they so, so like I said, they shrank the anti monitor. Um, once it's finished, uh, um, sometime later. Barry, Kara, Sarah, Kate, Clark, and John, oh, and Jefferson, sorry, hold a memorial service for Oliver. Um, there was a funny scene there, too, like where uh, 
where Black Lightning says uh, says something like, you know, does this happen often or something like these crazy? And then and then Kate says, "Don't worry, I was the new kid last year." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they, anyways, they come together and uh, create a League of Heroes to protect the new world in Oliver's memory. In mm-hmm. um, in a building that is a warehouse that was once that that Barry owns because it was once owned by uh, um, by Star Labs. And uh, which we had seen this this uh, warehouse in a previous um, crisis. I can't remember which one. But uh, they they have this really cool round table with uh, chairs with each of their symbols on it. What was that? What's that? I'm saying. Oh, okay. Something cracked. Something just oh. came in. That's weird. Oh wow. Maybe I'm getting somebody else's phone call here. Um, anyways, anyways, so, so, so they, they, they create that and then, um, they, they basically have it created the, uh, hall of justice, which is what the warehouse looks like from the cartoon. And we also see, um, a cage with the name Gleek on it. And Gleek was a little, um, monkey alien creature in the animated super friends TV series. So, and that's where we are. Yeah. Um, do you want to take a break, Matt? Sure. Yeah, we'll take a break, and then we'll be uh, right back with some uh, some of our thoughts on the episodes. Yeah. Hey, folks, this is uh, Michael E. Cullen II um, from the podcast that you're listening to right now, along with Matthew Haas. We just wanted to tell you about our great, great podcast Super. called Super. It's called All Too Real. And on that show, what, what do we do, Matt? We, we watch biopics and then we talk about whether or not the movie matched up with the real story or not. So we, we, it was a lot we, more exciting than that, though. Yeah, so, 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 so we, we analyze the real story and the real story. Get it? Get it? Real. You know? Yeah, they're, they're spelled differently, folks. Yeah. You can guess which one I said which way. Uh-huh. Anyways, um, so uh, sometimes we have guests, sometimes we don't. Um, but we uh, talk about great, great, uh, great movies like uh, Shattered Glass yes. and The Social Network and uh, A Futile and Stupid Gesture, among others. Um, those are some of the ones that we've covered so far, and uh, we're going to cover a lot more. So uh, please uh, subscribe on. Stitcher, um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you uh, find your great, fun podcasts. And be sure to share it with your friends. Do it. Do it. Do it. And make sure you're not afraid to get all too real. Bye-bye. And we are back. Back. So, um, so Matt, what... What thoughts yeah. did you have on the whole crisis? Any uh, anything stand out to you? Good, bad, indifferent, whatever. Well, I really liked it a lot. I mean, in general, just the the sheer ambition of it. You know, five episodes, and you could count the Black Lightning episode as, as sort of like maybe like a two point five. You know, so yeah. it's, it's a lot of a lot of material to really just kind of take in. And um, I, I liked I, I liked the multiverse aspect of the whole show. So like, 
it is going to be kind of strange going into like a single universe now. Um, but you know, it's change is good because we've, we've been dealing with officially dealing with the multiverse since um, season two of the Flash, and it was teased in the very first episode of the first season of the Flash when they showed a newspaper article that says Flash vanishes during crisis. So yeah. they've been teasing this idea for a really, really long time. And um, and technically last year's crossover was just all in preparation for this year's crossover. So technically it's really like eight episodes, you know, yeah. all together. I mean, um, if you count Elseworlds, because I did felt that Elseworlds was kind of a letdown, but I realized that it was meant to prepare for you know, bigger one. Yeah. And, uh, but like, there are, there are some issues I have, like just, you know, like the costumes, like I really thought the anti-monitor almost looked like some like animatronic, like thing from like major magic. So little bit, like, yeah. like, I don't know. Like he just looked stupid to me. Like I was expecting someone that like looks like really scary. And then we get, you know, let's make way for, you know, this like weird looking dude with like a, tube in this costume or something. I don't know. I thought that was kind of if the um the whole the whole Barry Allen for Earth ninety thing I didn't understand because so it's like you might have some thoughts on this too, but so so like he's got Barry at the Flash from Earth ninety um basically forcing him to run on his treadmill for like eternity essentially to to power up you know, all this antimatter energy to destroy all the planets, and then when they find him, through the help of Pariah, uh, <clears throat> Cisco uses his vibe powers to blast, um, you know, Earth-90 Barry out of the thing, and then and he's like, oh, thanks for the the reprieve kid, but I need to get back on there because if I don't, he, he's triggered a fail save so that it destroys all of the multiverse at once. It's like, well, why? why oh, so we got to and they monitor that make sure the heroes have enough time to thwart his plans. Like what? Like <laughs> I don't know. That that seemed like very contrived. Like <laughs> yeah, I mean it. I the the whole uh, the whole treadmill thing is actually right out of the comic books. Oh, okay. Yeah, there is a treadmill, but I mean the the whole Barry ninety and all that stuff. Kind of, you know, it's just. I don't know. It was kind of the, the the whole Jefferson thing was kind of weird bringing him in. I understand why they wanted to and they needed to, but it just seemed kind of weird. Like there, right. there, well, there, didn't, really, under- there didn't really seem a point for Jefferson to be there. Oh yeah, yeah. That part, yeah. I know he was literally just brought, brought in by Pariah at the last second. <laughs> like, oh, you need to help. Um, well, okay. The treadmill thing was from the comics. Okay, fine. But what I don't understand though is. If, if the anti-monitor's plan is just to destroy multiverse, why does he need to do it in steps? And then if the if the Flash quits running on the treadmill, he's just going to destroy everything at once. Well, why not just destroy everything at once? But why not be that the the main plan? And then the backup plan is, oh well, I can't do it all at once. I got to do a piecemeal. Why would it be? I'm going to start out doing it piecemeal, but if that fails, I'm going to do it all at once. Like it, that doesn't make any yeah, sense. Yeah, it was kind of, <laughs> It's like you said, it's full of MacGuffins, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah. that kind of made me feel really weird just watching that scene. Where I'm like, I got to go back on there because he's going to destroy everything all at once. And it's like, 
but he's the one that put you on the treadmill, right? Like, so I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, um, anyway, I want to harp on the bad things, but like, I did like the whole thing where they brought in that clip from the flash 1990 series. Yeah. And basically like said like, Oh, well that, now that series is part of the Arrowverse now too. <laughs> yeah, and I mean it basically created the whole. Uh, it, it I think they they did that after it was an afterthought from what I read too. Like they didn't oh, originally okay. have that in there, but they 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 got one of their editors out there to scour all the episodes and find something really cool to put in there, which I thought was cool. <laughs> um, the uh, the thing is, it's like okay, the Earth Prime is cool, and there still is a multiverse. Okay. Um, it isn't like they wiped out anything because we see at the very end you got like you know the the uh, Doom Patrol and Titans and uh, Star Girl <laughs> and uh, Brandon Routh's Superman, which there is a rumor that Brandon Routh might be getting a limited series as Superman, huh. which could be interesting. Um, yeah. Because but they already have another Superman show coming out, so I don't know, but. What they were right. saying is that might be something on like um, HBO Max, like on the streaming service, huh. that's coming out because they've got they've already got a Green Lantern show coming to HBO Max, and uh, right, yeah. which Greg Berlanti is writing and producing, the creator of these shows. Huh. Yeah, so no word on who's going to be uh, Green Lantern or anything. Um, I think it'd be cool if it was John Diggle. That's just me, but um, yeah, it would be. <laughs> But uh, I don't know. It's it's uh, it was interesting. I mean, I loved all the cameos; those were cool. We forgot mm-hmm. to talk about in the in the first uh, the first part. We had a uh, we had Tom Welling from Smallville, which was really cool. <laughs> who his uh, his character had given up his powers, right? Which was kind of cool. I mean, that was a cool. Uh, unexpected uh, cameo. I mean, it was expected. I knew after I found out about it, but you know, I didn't, I didn't think, uh, I didn't think uh, Tom Welling would ever do that. That was pretty cool. Um, and we got to see Lois from that world too, and find out that they had two kids. Um, they, right. Uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. I say, and, and, and Lois from that show is also the actress who plays Alora now. So, Oh yeah! Oh wait, Laurel? Alora. Oh, Alora. Oh, okay. You yeah. see, Car- I thought Car- that Cara's was. Mom. I thought that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's weird, but <laughs> but because that would be his aunt, but no. yeah. <laughs> they they kind of joke about incest a lot in these episodes, like when Kara's like sees um Ray Palmer's version of I mean. I, I, Clark, whatever. Yeah, Ray Palmer versus Brand, Superman. Brandon Routh's Superman. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. And she's kind of like checking them out, and then like I think it's um Batwoman or someone's like like be careful that that he's kind of your cousin's sort of. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> at least at least they make fun of, make fun of it and don't just ignore it like the Star Wars movies. But um, right? They're just, yeah, they're just like oh whatever. <laughs> 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 and um so uh oh yeah and at the very end it was kind of interesting too when they showed uh things changed or whatever 
Um, one of the other little cool things was uh, that changed was uh, John Diggle has two kids now. Yeah. Because Sarah disappeared in uh, Flashpoint and, yeah. was, and was replaced by, uh, by John Jr. Mm-hmm. But now he has both John and Sarah. So, so that's hmm, very interesting because that could have a lot of implications for all of season seven and season eight of Arrow, what vis a vis Mia and Connor and whatnot. Like if that yeah. changes anything for the future, you know. <laughs> yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens because uh, they're, mm. they're supposed to be doing a possible spinoff of uh, called uh, Green Arrow and the Black Canaries, or in the Canaries yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Um, anyways, um, also, uh, we find out that Lois and Clark have, uh, two kids now. Mm. They used to have Mm. one. So my, my feeling on this is even though Oliver's dead, he needs to start paying child support because he created two kids. (laughs) Wait, Oliver's dad or him? No, no. Oliver's dead now. Oh but, yeah, but, but, dead. Uh, no, no, because I'll, I'll, even though, even though he is dead, he he created uh, he he brought Sarah back, and somehow gave uh, <laughs> somehow gave Lois and Clark another son. So <laughs> so I I'm thinking he owes child support to these people because I mean, kids aren't cheap. Um, <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think there's much. Money in the Spectre business, though. So I don't yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see what happens. You know, I don't know. Maybe Barry has to pay for it now because he's left, and I don't know. I'm just trying to. Yeah. <laughs> or they can all raise the kids together, like in a commune setting or something. Yeah. But I mean, Barry's kid died, so it's like. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, or, or did she? I mean, yeah, I don't you know, know because yeah. that was a weird. I mean, that was like a different version of yeah. herself altogether. <laughs> so, like, did she even ever exist? I mean, that, that just got. Uh, I'm gonna get mad now because that I hate Eobard song so much. <laughs> and that, 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 so, so that's one of the things that disappointed me. I thought Eobard was going to be part yeah. of this, and he wasn't in the crossover at all. So yeah, because they they teased that last year. Where he's like, oh, we'll meet each other in our next crisis. And he even winks at him after he says it, too. Like, to really be on the nose about it. Like, <laughs> I think that was just like, yeah. like a, oh, the crisis is coming. We're going to. Yeah. And and also, it might have been something where they didn't uh, know what was going on. I think a lot of things changed with John Cryer's uh, Lex Luthor. Because mm. I think that uh, a lot of the things that you, that, that, uh, that uh, Lex did in this probably would have been done by Eobard if they wouldn't have been able to get John Cryer. Right. That's my feeling on it. Um, plus, you already had uh, Tom Cavanaugh playing Nash, so it was like, I don't know. I mean, yeah. he's, he's played so many characters in this show. Yeah. Plus, too, Eobard, Eobard Bond already did that, though, in, in the season two of of legends with the whole sphere of reality or whatever. Yeah. So that, that whole thing of like creating reality where he's like the hero or whatever. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> well, I don't know if the whole story would have been the same, but I think that basically they, 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 uh, they rewrote things just basically because they were able to get John Cryer. Mm-hmm. 
which I'm happy about because, like I said, he's the best Lex Luthor ever. Anyways, yeah, um, he's, yeah. he's great. He, he, I mean, he's no, he's no match for you know Lenny Luthor in Superman Four, but you know he's a close second. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, any other uh, major thoughts about the uh, episodes? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, just like. <clears throat> You know, oh, and just in general, like how how like high the stakes were, like literally every single universe is being destroyed, and like <laughs> they they even have like an actual monitor <laughs> monitor actually showing like the Earth disappear on their like computer screen, like whenever the wave of antimatter hits a particular Earth or whatever. Um, <clears throat> you do have, <clears throat> I think personally, I don't know because. They haven't, you know, season five has not picked up yet, Supergirl yet, but I think they've showed the beginnings of Lena Luthor kind of maybe getting away from villain status a little bit because she, she even said, you know, like, you know, of course, you know, if the entire multiverse is in danger, I'll help you save it. But then again, you, you, you and everyone else has always looked at me so lowly or whatever, you know, to think of the worst of me or whatever type of thing. Like, yeah, I, I, yeah, did, so. see the, I did see the uh, preview for the next episode of Supergirl, the little, mm-hmm. uh, little trailer for it. And, uh, it looks like, uh, Lex and her might be teaming up. So who knows? Ah, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because, uh, but she remembers everything. I don't know if John gave her back all the memories or what happened. Oh yeah, okay. But she, but she, well, she, she actually remembers, and she's still, from what I can tell, it looks like she's still probably mad at Kara and everybody for lying to her. Right. I mean, that's understandable. Well, I think she'll probably at some point because you know, yeah, like Lena has been lied to her entire life, basically by her entire family. Um, you know, she's finally found you know some new friends. And then they keep this huge secret from her. Although at the same time, I was rewatching season three of Supergirl with my dad, and you know she's kept secrets from Kara. I mean, she she lied about not having kryptonite, so it's like it's not like she's just like this innocent victim. But whatever, no, just you know whatever that type of thing. But um, <clears throat> but I did like um, I really liked the season. I mean, the episodes three through five. I mean, I did like the whole like. Bruce Wayne has, like, turned into, like, a hardened killer, yeah. basically, because, like, on Earth-99, because, like, even his house just looks creepy. It's, like, this old mansion that's just fallen apart. There's, like, um, uh, what's the word? Uh, not weeds, but, like, the weeds that attach to your house. What's the name of that? I forgot the like name Ivy of it. Ivy or um, something? Yeah, Ivy is just, like, growing all over the front part of the house. Like the Maybe the it was poison Ivy. Uh, Oh, get it? Because, yeah, I wonder if that was meant to be kind of like a little <laughs> subtle, I didn't even think about that, a little yeah. subtle hint, you know. And and he basically kind of like, um, you know, he's kind of like a cautionary tale because he even tells Kate, you know, his Batwoman on Earth, uh, Earth One, you know, saying like, it, it only starts with killing one person and then you get a taste for it and then you kill another and then you kill another and then before you know it, you're pretty much killing every villain, no matter how bad they are. Like, like, like before it was like, I'll, I'll only kill the worst of the worst. And then it just like, there is no bar anymore of like who deserves to die. Like, you know, yeah. 
<clears throat> and he ends up killing Superman in that in that Earth. Actually, that's that was yeah. what um, caused the fight between him and Kara because she had found out that he had, had um, Clark Kent's glasses, I think, or something like that, as a yeah. souvenir. Yeah, because that's it, the other it, thing. It, that, was, that has a basis in the comic books too, because there is a, I think, like an alternate world where that happens and stuff. So that's kind of cool that they did that. <laughs> yeah. So. That episode was really cool. I like that whole darkness aspect because, like, even even when they walk to the front door, I mean, it's all dark. And uh, the dude who's like his like his Alfred, not Alf. I think an Alfred. No, not not Alfred. Like the dude who's um basically um was it Lucius? I forgot his name. Lucius something or Luke Fox. Luke, Luke Fox. Well, like yeah, in Batwoman. Luke, yeah, Luke. Luke is Luke is like basically Batwoman's uh, right hand man. And uh, yeah, and the son of Lucius Fox, who was uh, in the in the in the in the Nolan verse, he was played by uh, played by uh, um, Morgan Freeman. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, yeah, right. So so he plays that same character in Earth ninety nine, but he's like a just like Bruce Wayne. He's like a really rough. Yeah. Like and and Batwoman, he's like a nerd, but here he's like kind of like big muscles and stuff like that. Like, you know. Yeah, and I think I think that was probably it might have been the actor um, just being like, "Hey, I got a good body. Let's show it off." No, I'm, just, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm tired. I'm tired of playing the nerd. Like, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> they kind of did that with Ray Palmer too for a while because like yeah. he was like a nerdy guy and then like. <laughs> They show him like working out one episode, and, and I think it was Arrow. And then, uh, it, it, it could be me, uh, uh, not me, sorry, uh, Felicity Smoke is watching him work out because he's doing the same exact workout technique that Oliver does. And she's like, like, Oh God, I think I have a type or something like that. <laughs> so, um, before we, uh, close things up here, um, what was your favorite? part of the whole crossover? I think um, the oh man, that's a lot. I mean, I guess probably the um, at the end of episode four when Oliver or, or, or Inspector is fighting um, with the anti-monitor and like he basically does that thing where he like shoots out energy out of his eyes or whatever and then basically like explodes the anti-monitor I guess in the in the battle and that's when he creates the new um, the u- new universe that I think that scene uh, you know as Spectre slash Oliver I don't know because he, he seems like he's both Spectre and Oliver like he yeah. is like he's still his voice is all fucked up because of some weird effect they have on him but like and he does kind of talk like almost like you would imagine how a ghost speaks. Like there's not a whole lot of emotion, but like he still says the the things that Oliver would say. Like when he told like when when he told Barry to go back into Speed Force, he said, "Run, Barry, run." That yeah. was what he would used to say to him, you know. So <clears throat> yeah, that's kind of cool. I mean, I think probably like my favorite thing was just. I mean, there's a couple things. Like, I mean, I loved all the crossovers mm-hmm. um, of characters, which was kind of sweet. Um, I mean, we even got to see Swamp Thing at the end. Um, mm. <laughs> but uh, I think uh, I think the whole uh, 
Um, just, uh, I really like the developing relationship between Kate and, and, uh, Kara, mm-hmm. the, the developing friendship. It's like the world's finest sort of friendship sort of thing, you know, like, like what Batman and Superman have in the comics. And, um, I think that's going to be really cool now that they're on the same earth. It'll be interesting to yeah. see if they have like smaller crossovers in the future where, <clears throat> where Kara shows up on Batwoman and, uh, Kate shows up on Supergirl or something, you know? Right, yeah. I think, was there, I watched the episode twice, and I don't remember if um, if I heard it right, but um, when Batwoman shows up in, um, I think it's episode five, does Carl, because she gets all excited, does she say, oh, look, there's two of us, meaning women, or did I hear that right, or is that, or would she say something else? I don't know, I'm, I'll have to, I'd have to rewatch that. Okay, because, like, she got all, because, like, cause that, I was just wondering, because, like, they, they kind of, like, do the whole, like, woman power thing or whatever on that on that show, and I was thinking, since she's, like, the only woman there so far, yeah, because maybe it was that's what her. it is. Yeah, but you do and have then, like, Sarah, all of too, sudden, but yeah. Oh, okay, Sarah was, okay, yes, I forgot. I just wondered, because I thought she said, oh, look, there's two of us, and then she goes, like, oh, sorry, like, because she's hugging Barry as she's saying it or something uh, like that. <laughs> Um, like, I don't know if I heard it wrong or not, but... And, and a little interesting stray things, too, like, in my mind is, like, I think that now the way it appears is uh, National and Central City are, like, basically across the river from each other. Hmm. Okay. So that means Barry and Kara aren't that far away from each other. So... Right. I don't know, huh. where, I don't know where Gotham is in this situation. But, uh... The, um... <clears throat> um, other uh, other thing I liked was I liked a lot of the uh, little excitement from certain characters throughout the thing. Like um, when when Black Lightning notices that there's Superman <clears throat> in the one episode, and he's like, he's like, so the whole Superman thing's real, like, <laughs> <laughs> which is right. cool because I I noticed in like some of the early some of these episodes of uh, Black Lightning in the past, they actually had a picture of uh Jefferson on his desk somewhere where he was wearing a Superman t-shirt. Uh, so what I'm thinking is is in his earth originally like Superman was a comic book character. Like in, oh, wow. like, like like, in our real world and then now it's like on another earth he's real so it's like what the fuck, you know. <laughs> yeah, see I was I was wondering about that too because like it's, it's good to know what Earth he's finally on because I, I was doing all kinds of research when the crossover yeah. first started. I could not find what Earth Black Lightning lived on. I'm like, well, obviously it's not on. Well, I don't want to give anything away, but on the the Black Lightning episode Earth Crisis, it's it's made clear that he's not on either Earth One or, or Earth Two. I'm not going to say why I know that, but yeah, that's or, revealed or that. Yeah, and um, yeah, so I was like, well, okay, he's got to be somewhere, but. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was 73, I guess. So, um, yeah, that's probably the year that, uh, Black Lightning was created or something is what I'm guessing is how they chose. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, (laughs) but, um, yeah. And then there was also the, um, oh, what was the other one? There was like a, I just like, or, um, oh, like, uh, when, uh, Kate shows up and, uh, Something somehow it's it's revealed that Bruce Wayne is Batman, and or or something like oh no no Kate Kate takes off her mask at the 
point, and then Oliver's like, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that, where he basically finds out that, you know, he in the same fell swoop, he finds out that, you know, Batman was Bruce Wayne and Kate Kane is Batwoman. It's just like, ah, okay. And then she's just like, don't tell, <laughs> don't tell anybody. You know, it's just like, <laughs> those little things are kind of cool where you get yeah. these like little uh kind of like almost like fanboy sort of moments from people um yeah yeah that was basically <laughs> all i had to say about the crisis do you have anything else to add before we leave uh just um yeah i guess a little bit just just the whole um aspect of like <clears throat> this is going to change Sarah Lance's character significantly for um, the Legends of Tomorrow season five. Yeah, uh, because I'll, it was kind of weird because at first I, I didn't really understand <clears throat> why she was making such a big deal about saving Oliver. I mean, other than the fact that yeah, you know, she was like a he was like a former friend of hers, and you know, blah blah blah. I but love like, her too. They, yeah, they they have not spent much time. Yeah, but they've not spent much time with each other since then and they didn't even really cross that much path so it did seem kind of odd that she was like hell bent on saving him like to the point of like like everything else this is my mission now in life is to make sure like and then I figured out it's because she even told Barry you know when she was kind of brooding by herself you know that he's the last person in her life that like tethers her to like her old life like yeah, because her, no, her sister did. and her dad are dead, and other people, right. you know, and other people from her past. Yeah, makes sense. And so that made a lot of sense. That that's why she was so hell bent on like finding this Lazarus pit on like some random earth, and you know, just like <clears throat> I am. Um, and so I, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. That'll be interesting to see what happens on Legends, which is starting soon. Um. The uh, only other thing I, I have is like everybody always refers to this as the Arrowverse. Mm-hmm. I came up with a better name for it the other day, and I don't know why anybody's never called it this. I think it should be the Oliverse. <laughs> the Oliverse. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> it just sounds better to me. <laughs> But yeah. <laughs> but but on that note, I think we can uh, end this uh, long episode. Hopefully, some people listen to this. If you if you made it this far, um, be sure to check out our uh, Patreon, our uh, um, T Public, get some cool swag, and um, I don't know. Be sure to subscribe and share with your friends. Yeah, and um, is it okay if I play our audience out with a little bit of music this time? Yeah, we can do that. All right, I've got my guitar with me. Maybe I'll just play a little bit, nice little ditty, like Hello Kitty. Yes. Ditty. Little ditty like Hello Kitty. <laughs> All right, let's see if, let's ho- see if ho- you can... Hopefully it's not shitty. Oh, wait, no. no. <laughs> well, ho- hopefully, hopefully. Um, uh. Let me know if you can hear this okay, and I'll, I'll stop if I can, but like... Okay. Does that sound okay? Yep, sounds good. 
Alright, cool. I'll play a little bit. Bye. Thanks for listening to All Too Real 2 Podcast, a Cullen Park production. Produced and edited by Michael E. Cullen II. Music by Matthew Hawes. Subscribe and share the show. Visit us at cullenpark.com.